Welcome to Interesting Times. I'm Joe Streckert. Back in 2008, I visited the Korean demilitarized zone because why wouldn't you want to visit one of the most dangerous and militarized areas on the face of the earth? It was an illuminating experience and a great opportunity for an ordinary person like me to see something that is very, very far from ordinary. The border between the two Koreas is one of the most poorly named areas on Earth. There's nothing demilitarized about the demilitarized zone. It is a huge tract of land. It is filled with soldiers, landmines, guns, all kinds of hardware. And if you stray too far into it, something or someone, they will probably kill you. It is easily one of the most tense and dangerous places on the face of the Earth, but also one most beautiful the lack of any development from either South Korea or North Korea has turned this DMZ into a vast tract of land filled with trees and greenery, and people who say that if the two Koreas ever do reunite, it should probably be preserved as a wilderness area, some kind of national park. Right now, it's a really beautiful wilderness area that, again, can kill you. But when most people think of the DMZ, they think of a small area that's not wooded, not forested, they think of the small area that has buildings in it. That's called the Joint Security Area. And it is a collection of structures where the two Koreas regularly meet to negotiate, and by negotiate, I mean argue. It's the only point where the North and South Korean forces can look right at each other, and it used to be a kind of neutral zone where the two forces would actually intermingle, with soldiers from the South and the North walking amongst each other and talking with each other. That all changed in 1976. Perhaps the most violent and strange incident to ever occur in a DMZ, it didn't have anything to do with the guns or the landmines or the artillery that is in that beautiful forested area. Nope. It was a killing committed with something right out of a slasher movie. Two men were murdered with an axe in one of the most grisly, visceral, and violent confrontations of the Cold War, and it changed the Korean demilitarized zone forever. It all happened because of a tree. One of the most notable features of the Joint Security Area is a bridge known as the Bridge of No Return. It's a small collection of wooden planks, and it connects North and South Korea. The Americans and the South Koreans had a pair of outposts on either side of the bridge, and one of the outposts, known as Checkpoint Number 3, was fairly isolated and did not have line of sight to other friendly buildings due to a very large poplar tree obscuring the view. The South Koreans and Americans decided to do the reasonable thing and trim the tree so that their outposts near this strategically important bridge could see the other buildings. A small group of Korean servicemen, they grabbed a few axes, and they went to do just that, trim the tree. And I'm skeptical that this next bit happened, as it seems just too strange, but I've seen it referenced in a number of sources, and it's just too downright weird not to mention here. A North Korean officer shouted at the South Koreans and the couple of Americans who were with them to stop trimming the tree because, he said, Kim Il-sung personally planted it and nourished it, and it's growing under his supervision. Uh, North Korean propaganda, it does claim that Kim Il-sung planted the various trees on the Korean peninsula, as in, there is a forest there at all, because Kim Il-sung decided that there should be one, 
and he planted each and every tree seed so a forest could happen. But I think it's unlikely that anyone, including the officer in question, is credulous enough to actually believe something like that. But you never know. In any case, that exclamation, that the tree was under Kim Il-sung's personal protection, it gets cited again and again and again in a lot of articles about this story. The South Koreans and the Americans, they ignored this North Korean officer who was shouting at them that this was Kim Il-sung's special tree and they shouldn't touch it, and they continued with their work, trimming the tree so they could see from their outpost uh, across the bridge that connected the two Koreas. And then a few minutes later, the attack came. There were restrictions on firearms in the joint security area, so when the North Koreans rushed across the Bridge of No Return, they were not carrying any firearms. Instead, many of them were armed with clubs and crowbars, and the shocked South Koreans, very surprised to see approximately 20 Korean People's Army troops running toward them, suddenly, in surprise, dropped their axes. They really, really should not have done that. Some North Koreans, quick on the uptake, picked up the axes and immediately used them to kill two American officers that were with the South Koreans. Several South Korean personnel were also injured. The attack was quick, lasting less than a minute, and soon the Northerners, they were back across the Bridge of No Return, back in North Korea. Again, two Americans were dead, several South Koreans were injured, and a poplar tree that was still there. This was a shocking event, and of course, North Korea invented an excuse. Uh, here was their official statement following what is now known as the axe murder incident. It reads thus, Around 10.45 a.m. today, the American imperialist aggressors sent in 14 hoodlums with their axes into the joint security area to cut the tree on their own accord, although such a work should be mutually consented beforehand. Four persons from our side went to the spot to warn them not to continue to work without our consent. Against our persuasion, they attacked our guards en masse and committed a serious provocative act of beating our men, wielding murderous weapons, and depending on the fact that they outnumbered us. Our guards could not but resort to self-defense measures under the circumstances of this reckless provocation. Wow, I love it that they say American imperialist aggressors and hoodlums in that statement, and wow, that has been poorly translated from the original Korean. But this tree, it had to go. Not just for line-of-sight reasons now. If this tree was not taken care of, North Korea would have effectively used axe murder as a tool to get what they wanted in the DMZ. This was not a good precedent to allow. So, the American and South Korean forces sent out another team to trim the poplar. This time, it was eight men who were armed not with axes, but chainsaws. And they weren't alone. Accompanying this team of mechanized gardeners were over 800 soldiers armed with grenade launchers, assault rifles, some men had claymore mines strapped to their chest, and on top of that, the Americans, they brought in air support, Cobra helicopters, F-4 Phantom jets, B-52s, and the USS Midway. Those all came in to back up the tree trimmers in a show of force known as Operation Paul Bunyan, probably one of the most inspiring and badass names for any act of gardening ever committed. 
The North Koreans, they had no warning that a massive display of military strength was coming to their doorstep, and they dispatched about 200 armed men to the opposite side of the bridge to watch. And it took about 45 minutes for the tree to be cut down into a stump. There was no violence. Later on, Kim Il-sung expressed regret. After the axe murder incident, as it came to be called, the joint security area was partitioned between the North and South Korean forces, and soldiers from the two countries no longer intermingled in that small collection of buildings. They still look right at each other each and every day, but they don't talk, they don't... They still look right at each other each and every day, but they don't walk amongst themselves, and they certainly don't talk to each other. Also notable, though, in 1984... A Soviet tourist on the North Korean side bolted across the Bridge of No Return, hoping to defect. Uh, North Korean personnel pursued him, firing, and South Korean soldiers took action. At the end of it all, one South Korean and three North Koreans were dead. That was the last deadly exchange of fire into DMZ. Other incidents have flared up now and again, including, in 2009, a South Korean pig farmer who cut a hole in a fence and defected to the North. The South, obviously, was not pleased. If you do find yourself in Korea and in the Seoul Incheon area, I can't recommend a DMZ tours enough. Uh, the tension and fraught nature of that stretch of land is most assuredly earned. What you feel walking amongst those buildings is not something that you imagine. You really do feel that that land has actually been tainted by a fair degree of division and violence, and that the bloody conflicts of the 20th century you can feel them still stretching into the present.